Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to Sports Medicine on Tap. I'm Jason Kopek coming to you live from Neck of the Woods Brewing Company, as we do every Tuesday night here in Pittman, New Jersey, located inside the beautiful Total Turf Complex. I got Dr. Frey with me tonight. Doc, how you doing? I'm doing great, Jason. How are you? Doing good. Uh, you know, I think when we started this podcast, uh, let's see, 11 episodes ago, um, we knew that there were going to be certain topics that we were going to touch on, right? Like, we assumed there was going to be something about ACLs and concussions and things like that. And I kind of remember our first one or two episodes, we were baseball was kicking off. And I remember we said to each other, we're probably going to have uh, an episode down the road on Tommy John surgeries, right? Yep. And here we are. <laughs> and, and not only is it about Tommy John, but a little bit of a curveball unintended. Yeah. We're, we're, I think we're going to go in some uh, pretty good directions. Here yeah, today. and this injury actually brings us like a, a unique kind of circumstance here, which, which, you know, potentially may have led to the injury. But, you know, we're going to be touching on Tyler Glasnow of the Tampa Bay Rays. And, uh, you know, he tore his ulnar collateral ligament, uh, partial tear, and he's going to try and get through it with some rehab and some physical therapy. But you brought in somebody special for us and nice to help us out with this topic. Who do we got? We got Greg Burke, a uh, former Major League Baseball pitcher. Greg, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hey, guys. First of all, thank you for letting me you know, join in this uh, conversation. Wherever it goes, we're going to find out, I guess. Um, but yeah, uh, like I said, Greg Burke, born and raised South Jersey, um, currently reside in Medford, uh, Duke uh, alumni, um, which is I was pumped up about, about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Actually, was a UNC fan growing up. How about that? Yeah, I know. Um, but anyway, yeah, then I went on to play uh, pro ball for about 11 years. Bounced around a bunch of teams. We started with the Padres for about six years. Made it to the big leagues with them in 2009. After that, I signed a few one-year deals. Baltimore, Colorado, Toronto, Philly at the end. But then I was with New York in 2013. Made Let's the go big leagues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I was with them in 2013. That was a cool year. Um, the year of the Dark Knight, if you remember that. that. But that oh, was, yeah, of course. That was, that was an amazing year for me to like, watch, at least. Um, but anyway, was, that, yeah. was that the year where they lost to Kansas City? No, no, no. no, no. Sorry, that, was, um, that was later. That was that the year later. that Harvey was just the best pitcher in the yeah, world. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. But anyway, um, long career. Played way longer than I thought I'd play. Learned a lot of things. Um, yeah, so I'm here to just you know provide any kind of insight I can. And But I still love baseball. I still watch it every day. And you know I prefer watching it on TV, actually, because I can see what the pitcher's doing and things like that. So anyway, I'm uh, excited to be here. And a local guy, also mourning what recently happened in the NBA. <laughs> Our Sixers went down, they went down in a fury, and it wasn't pretty. No, no. I, well, I feel like it was like, we felt like it was a foregone conclusion, even though we knew Atlanta was good, and even though we knew it was a challenge, and it may go a little longer than we thought it was going to go, I still kind of felt like Sixers were going to pull that one out yeah. until they didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, especially as you watch these teams now, right? You think, ah, oh, right. man, they could be there. They could be winning yeah. it. Right. Whether they're the best team, I don't know, but they had the opportunity, and some other teams got out of the way, so they could go, and that didn't happen. So they'll have to make some changes. We'll, we'll see, I guess. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see where it goes. <laughs> well, what what we know of Tyler Glass now, and Greg, you could probably help us out. I mean, I don't, I don't think I need to speak on his statistics. I mean, he was certainly in the running for AL uh, Cy Young Award there uh, before his injury, but uh, he comes out of the game on the 15th, uh, report some elbow soreness you know, we find out later he actually felt a pop um, he had the MRI done and it reveals a partial tear and uh, they're going to put him on they put him on the 10 day uh, DL but they're going to try and get him through the season with rehab but this was a guy I mean he was you know a centerpiece for this rotation right I mean he was 
five and two with a two six ERA, uh, and I believe at the time, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, the the Rays were leading MLB with their you know, and then they're starting to kind of fall off a little bit here. Yeah, I mean, Glassnow is a freak, right? I mean, he's a he's he's this new generation of these power pitchers, two pitch pitchers, super fastball, great slider curve, whatever you want to call it, right? And he dominates the game with two pitches, right? So um, he's new and exciting for the game. Um, he's, you know, he's fun to watch, big, tall, lanky guy. He's got some character behind him, not afraid to get on social media, yeah. like things like that. So like he fits the bill with MLB wants, mm-hmm. um, on top of his talent. Right. So it's, it's, he's good for baseball. He's good for the product and he's really, really good at what he does at a young age. Right. So, so as we mentioned, so he, he has a partial tear of the ulnar collateral ligament. And as we know, that's the dreaded term for baseball players, right? And so that's a Tommy John injury. Right. Uh, Greg, I think you mentioned you had this at one point. Yeah, I did back in college in yeah. 2002. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a full tear, though. Full, full tear. blown tear. And what, what was your experience like on one pitch? Did it develop over time? <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. So I had, I'm like, even through high school and beginning of uh, my college career, I always had, like, elbow soreness, like yeah. consistent yeah. elbow soreness, you know. Right. Um, and then, uh, you know, I was pitching, and, and I felt something, like, give. I don't know if it was a pop, but I felt something give. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually, I finished the inning and went out to the next inning. And I, I, got, I think I got an out, but I was throwing like 75. I don't even know how I was yeah. throwing. I was like 75 miles right. an hour. Right, right, they right. took me out. They're like, something's obviously wrong. But um, yeah, I mean, look, I, I think Tommy Johns has changed. The, the surgery has changed. The, the thought process behind it has changed over the years, right? I mean, I did it in 2002, right? That's 20 yeah. years ago, right? Sure. Wow, that sounds weird Shocking. to say that. I know. <laughs> but, um, but anyways, 20 years ago, right? So I remember thinking, I'm, I might... My baseball career is over or like I'm done, you know, it was yeah. so detrimental. And now it's not, it's just a blip in the radar. Now, granted, it's all about timing. If you're a senior in college and you get it, that's not good. But if you're in pro ball, I mean, it's, you know, to some extent it could prolong your career and it could actually give you some benefits you didn't have. Like, and I don't know if this would have been true or not, whether I got stronger or not, but I actually got, I gained a few ticks on my fastball. Once I came around, I did. I, I would argue, and I think it's pretty standard from the physician's side of the equation, to argue it's not it's not particularly the surgery that did, that made the difference it's the attention that you gave to rehab and to therapy and to strengthening that you weren't giving probably before the injury because you're human that gave you the extra couple ticks on the fastball yeah uh, look as you guys know the rehab process is vigorous it's crazy right, right? right. And you're strengthening things you never thought you could do or had no had. idea right so you're right you come back stronger than ever so like that's yeah. like a really really good point you know we should be a lot more prehab right than this right. you know the post you know rehab from these surgeries so yeah and look baseball we can get in a whole crazy other topic about how baseball or sports in general have gotten so specialized yeah. that you know the sports right and as you guys know right so that's i don't want to tangent off of that but it's it's changed yeah. the, the whole the surgery has changed the mindset has changed absolutely the rehab has changed the time to come back has changed i mean when i tore it in 2002 they told me 12 to 18 months. Yeah. Like before you can even like consider about pitching like competitively and more towards the 18 month side. And, yeah. and sure as anything, I tore it in May of 2002. I, re- I, I didn't fish. I didn't pitch the rest of that year. Of course I had surgery. Mm-hmm. I missed the whole next year of red shirt. So it was really, you know, it was almost two years for me to come back. You right. Know? So anyway, but it, it has changed for sure. Dr. Frey, tell us about the injury, um, right. the ligament. We, we know, we know the term Tommy John, anybody that's, 
even watched the baseball game kind of understands that. But what is that injury? Where does the name come from? Sure, yeah. So the, the MO of the show has been to take a professional athlete, take his injury, talk about the injury a little bit, and then kind of springboard it. So, so this is that portion of the show, and um, I apologize for my long <laughs> <laughs> explanation. So initially, you know, Tommy John was a pitcher for the Dodgers in the 70s. And typically, this particular injury, ulnar collateral ligament injury. So in the elbow, there's a rope on the inside portion of the elbow that goes from the bottom portion of the arm bone, the humerus, to the top of the forearm, the ulna. And that's called the ulnar collateral ligament. And when somebody throws a ball very hard, there's something, there's a force across the elbow called a, a valgus extension overload, um, which can lead to a number of its own little syndrome with a characteristic sort of injuries. But eventually, the, all of that stress, all of that stress where it's sort of bending the elbow to the outside and um, all of that stress where quite literally valgus extension, it's, it's hard to describe, um, but that, that puts stress across that rope and eventually that rope can pop. And up until that point in time in 1974, before Tommy John had that surgery, it was the end of every, every, basically every career of every player that ever had that injury. And then... Uh, Dr. Job, Frank Job of the famous Curl and Job Clinic, decides, hey, you know, why don't you let me try this surgery? Like, what, what do we got to lose, basically? Your career's over otherwise. And so Frank Job does the surgery, and Tommy John's the first guy to come back from that injury and make it back to the majors and pitch again. Mm-hmm. So when it happened after that, for, forevermore it became, I want that surgery that Tommy John had. It became the Tommy John surgery. Um, but it was, it was designed and created by Frank Job. Um, and Frank Job has since passed, I think 2014-ish. But, you know, very famous. You know, Curlin Job is one of those places that people, you know, Someone, a professional athlete gets injured, and a lot of times they're going to, you know, they're going to Dr. Andrews in, in Birmingham, or they're going to Curl and Job out in L.A. Like, these are the, the, the very famous sports places where, where, where people go to get their, their second opinion, so to speak, and frequently their, their, tr- their treatment. And essentially, the ulnar collateral ligament on the inside of the elbow, the, the medial portion of the elbow, um, is, uh, has three bands, the anterior, the posterior, and the transverse band. And the anterior band is the most important of the three. And uh, typically, the way that it goes is not this pop, not this acute injury. Typically, it's more of a wearing down over time. With that particular throwing motion, putting so much stress across the inside of the elbow like that, it slowly but surely begins to stretch out. But every now and again, it's, it's the pop. It's the pop that Greg was just talking about um, or the shift that Greg was just talking about. And all of a sudden, there's this major loss in velocity and there's this pain. And uh, there are two pathways you can go if it's a partial tear or a small tear. Um, you can try to rehab it, see, see if you get better, some uh, downtime. And if that doesn't work, then you go on to surgery. And if it's fully torn, typically you go straight to surgery. You know, rehab works moderately well. Uh, I imagine that there is uh, some biologics involved in this in terms of Tyler Glasnow's injury. Um, there, was a, there was a study about PRP, and it actually, to be honest with you, the study was so good about PRP that it makes me question the validity of the study, right? It was like 63 out of 64 guys back to their same level of, 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 of sports um, after PRP and rehab. And, and any, you know, anytime you're approaching 100% in, in, in medicine, to me, is a question mark. But nonetheless, there's a role. There's probably a role for PRP, physical therapy, uh, see, see, see if he can get back. And the advantage to that is, one, you avoid surgery. And two, the other advantage is you can get back this year. Typically, like Greg was saying, um, it used to be like a you know year and a half, two year injury. Now it's more of a nine month 
to a year injury. So it's a little bit better, but still, like your season's over when it happens. Now, if this if rehab works for Tyler Glass, no, maybe he gets uh, maybe he's back for the for the playoffs, yeah. which I think is the goal. And then if he isn't, then yeah, the, the drawback to taking that gamble is that you're going to miss right. a big portion of your next season. Yeah. So we'll see. It's a, it's a little bit of a roll of the dice. I feel like that never works. Yeah, and maybe it's just me looking yeah. the outside looking in. I feel like I feel like you know specifically at the professional level, you get these guys who have partial tears and they say they're going to try to rehab it and rest it. Right. I just, I just, I don't know. I just feel like it doesn't work. And I, I do, saw, do the PRP injections and yeah. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? I saw in, in my eight years of professional baseball experience as an athletic trainer, certainly not like Greg where I played it, but 0% effectiveness where guys that had the partial tear always ended up getting the surgery. Yeah. Because they you're were, not growing the ligament back. They, yeah. I, they just right? never were able yeah, to yeah. pitch pain-free. It's pain not free. quite the same, yeah. Yeah, it's every, yeah. you know, no, how much we strengthened, they were never pain-free. And then it just became, well, I'm not pain-free because there's a partial tear. And, right. and you know, and it's somewhere down the line, we, we ended up getting the right. surgery. Right, and I think, I think what Steve was saying here, too, right, you have to, you have to gauge whether it's, like, it's worth it, whether you to, to rehab it and right. try to pitch in a right. few months, or just say, cut me now, yeah. fix yeah. it, and I'll be back next well, year. The yeah. truth is the, the recovery rate is 85%. So not everybody, 15%, won't get back and won't, won't, right. won't, won't get back to that same right. level. So there is risk with surgery. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a little bit of a gamble. I do think I don't think it's well. What's it getting never back? works. What's what's getting back? Like getting back to where you were before you tore yeah. it. Basically, that's same how you le- gauge same level, same level yeah. of same play. Level. Right, yeah. right, right. So if you're a major league pitcher, to be able to get back and, and work your way, you know, maybe single A or double A, isn't the same, right? Right, right. right? And, and yeah. If you're if you're in high school, to, to be able to and you know who was a college prospect and it happens to you, um, to be able to finish out your high school career but never really do anything in college isn't isn't the same. Yeah. So so about eighty five percent will get back to that same right. level. And just like you said, people will come in after they've recovered and say, I can throw the ball harder now. Like I I can do better now. Mm-hmm. Again, the physician side of that has has always been. It's you're paying more attention to the rehab, you're being more careful, you're paying more attention to your mechanics, and that's the difference. Really, we're not better than God. We can't, we can't reconstruct it. And, and the reason I say that is because um, it's not incredibly uncommon, um, it's fairly unusual, but not incredibly uncommon for one of those borderline guys to say, hey, if you do that surgery for me, will I... No doubt, right. ...be able to make it? Will this yep. make the difference? And the answer is no, just do the... Commit yourself to the exercise, and that's why I want to mention that. And then you have the absolute freaks like Tom, or not Tom, uh, John Smoltz, right, who right. tore his elbow three times in his career, right. three times, right. and came back, you know, every single time. And even towards the end of his career, he was pitching in the bullpen, throwing right. 98 miles an hour with right. like a wicked slider, just right. crushing everybody. I'm pretty sure Degrom went through this at some point as um, well. Yeah, like, I mean, look, I'm surprised he stayed as healthy as he has up to this point. He's had some lingering injuries for sure and he still has them, but they also, I feel like they handle them with some, some kitty gloves also and I would sure. at the end of the day. Of course. But, um, don't put that out in the universe. I know, look, I don't want the mess to win too. I'm not going to lie, so it's fine. Greg, out of curiosity, about all your years of experience um, and you yourself had this procedure, but I mean, can you even count how many teammates, friends that went through the same injury? I mean, so many. What I, what I, what I think is interesting about now or in the last however many years is that it's not just pitchers getting it nowadays. Mm-hmm. It's position players getting right. it, which is interesting to me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's just, you know, they throw a bunch too and, and whatnot. So I wonder what what their, like, their, you know, how, how they got to that spot. Obviously, yeah. it's throwing, but um, the stress that they put on it. You know, and I just think in general over the last 
man, however many years, 10 years, five years, athletes are just bigger and stronger yeah. than ever. And they probably right. will continue to be that way, which yeah. is, which is nuts to think about, especially where we're at. I mean, think about even when I was coming up, like, I think the, I don't know, I'm just roughly estimating the average major league fastball was probably like 92, right? right? Or maybe 90. If yeah. you hit 90, that was like the gold standard, right? For You're sure. High school. Yeah. 90 was the gold standard, right? 90 will not get you drafted nowadays. Right. No. High school, no. They will not look at you. Maybe yeah. if you're left-handed, yeah. maybe. Yeah. If you're not throwing 95-plus, scouts will say, nope, I, got, I, got, I don't want anything to do with you. So um, I think with that, maybe maybe that's why you know kids, you know adults, whatever, are tearing their, their elbows more. But, um, but yeah, it's very common. It's yeah. common. And like yeah. I said, the stigma's changed. Yeah. If you tear it, it's not a big deal. You're out for a little while. Right. You know, where, where should I go? I want to go to the best place, mm-hmm. rehab your butt off, and then get back to playing the where you were. So I think you brought up a really good point, and I think that brings us down to the, the second half and what I actually consider to be the more interesting portion of today's show, right? Guys are throwing so hard, and, you know, the breaking balls are incredible, and the, the movement on the ball is amazing. And part of this has to, probably to do with substances, illegal substances. And, uh, and, and Jason, what, what, can, you, can, can you rehash for us what, what happened with Tyler after he, he injured his elbow? Yeah, so, you know, as Greg alluded to a bit ago, uh, he mentioned that Tyler's pretty outspoken. Um, so I think it was the day after his injury, and I guess the MRI results were in, and he had a press conference where, I mean, he really just criticized the MLB about this is all because of the recent crackdown. We're going to eliminate the use of uh, foreign substances with pitchers to gain tackiness, grip, feel on the baseball. You know, he said he had stopped using substances. He admitted he was only a sunscreen user. Right. Um, but he said the last two sure starts he stopped using it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm sure he did, Tyler. Um, but, uh, you know, so all of a sudden he stopped using these substances. He tried to go out there and just do it naturally. And he said, you know, he had to change his grip. He had to change his approach. And he said he started feeling it immediately and basically blamed the MLB for their, you know, recent changes as to why he was now hurt. You know, Greg, you played. You know, I, I worked. I saw – a list of things that, you know, I think our common listener would never know is going on. Um, but what are your thoughts on that? Ooh, I got so many thoughts on this. <laughs> I got so many thoughts on this. So my first, my first thought, you know, I've been thinking about this for a while, I guess, you know, on my long drives to work every day, back and forth, whatever it is. But like, typically when we're, when we're talking about like controversies in baseball, mm-hmm. right? A lot of, a lot of what we have to like talk about and, you know, argue over are these, like, these unwritten rules, right? Like, mm-hmm. Don't swing three out, right? Which right. is gone now. Yeah. You know, uh, don't bunt when a pitcher has no hits after like the I don't even know yeah. fifth inning, sixth right. innings. What is it now? I have no right. idea, yeah. right? Right. Right. right? But this is not that. This is actually a written rule. Right. So the right. written rule says you cannot use a foreign substance on the ball to yeah. whatever it is, blah blah blah, enhance whatever it may be, change the trajectory, all that stuff. So I think that's interesting that we're we're dealing with this now that it's always been a rule and now. MLB has decided to try to enforce it. They're trying yeah. to enforce it. They'll never right. be able to enforce this, I promise you. Um, and then I guess the way back when, the thought was, oh, we'll give them a rosin bag, throw it on the back of the mound, and call it a day, right? right. But that's not the case, right? right? People are using anything they can to give them an edge. And at the end of the day, it's risk versus reward, right? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like you can either make $10 million or possibly get suspended for a few games. Right. Guess what? I mean, most people are going to choose <laughs> yeah. to, to go for the $10 million, and it's, it is what it is. I mean, I'd say it's probably across all professional sports in general, but, you know, you got to have high morals, and I don't know. That's another story, too. But um, So I think, I think this all started, you know, this is obviously my opinion, but I think it all started a few years ago 
Um, Trevor Bauer. You guys are familiar with Trevor Bauer, right? Yeah, every time this topic comes up, so does Trevor Bauer's name. And, and it should because he's a he's an older Tyler Glass now, right? Mm-hmm. He's still, you know, he's in his prime. I mean, he won the Sun Young last year, right? So right. I guess you consider he's in his prime. Sure. So, you know, a few years ago, he was, I think he was at the Indians at the time, yep. and he started blasting. Um, actually, I think it was specifically when Verlander, right? Verlander was at Detroit. That's right. He went to Houston. Houston. Yep. Now, Verlander has been, he's, a, he's incredible Phenomenal. by himself, right? He's, you know, I, think he's, I think he might have had Tommy John, but he's stayed fairly healthy his whole career. Upper 90s guy, very consistent for the most part. Right? Had some down years at the end of Detroit. Um, but anyway, goes to, Houston has a resurgence of his career, resurgence. right? It's like, man, you're throwing missiles again and your yeah. curveball, nobody hits. And you're amazing again. So then Bauer gets on the mic or on social media, Twitter, starts crushing him, right? Yes. It's like, why is your and, – and look, Cryptic Bauer's – yeah. And Bauer's – he's a student of the game, right? He's a West Coast guy, UCLA grad, right? Um, Tom House is like a big proponent of him. Like right. they, they're hand in hand. They go – so he's, he studies everything. So with him, it's always been spin rate, spin rate, spin yeah. rate, right? right? Fastballs, breaking balls. So what happens? Verlander goes to Houston, spin rate goes up. Right, so then he starts blasting him, yeah. and then blasting him, and it's been years, right? So uh, it was a text message. Like, like, I wonder how one increases their spin rate by three hundred, uh, you know, yep. three RPM, whatever, whatever it right. was. Yeah, yeah. And look, Bauer's got millions of followers, right? Sure, so everybody's yeah. everybody's listening to what he says, um, and you know, that's he's an interesting dude, also. But either way, <laughs> you know, so um, you start to see all this. But then that's when analytics started to come in. You know, probably more than three years ago. But you know, really, scouts really started to analyze spin rate right. and mm-hmm. things like that. That really came in play. It used to be just be velocity, but now you're looking at spin rate, right? Well, this guy throws 90, but his perceived velocity is 95, mm-hmm. or his spin rate on his slider is, you know, 2,500 RPMs compared to this other guy who's 1,800, you know? So, like, there's some different things that are measurable, and baseball is all about measurables. Right. So, anyway, so, um, and that's a long-winded story. I guess what I'm really trying to get to is, is, like, that's kind of where it started, in my opinion, and it's only got progressively worse over the years, and then... You know, so so I was trying, I was thinking about this. It's almost like the players kind of put this on themselves, yeah. right? Because Bauer started it, or right. you know, he was at least the head honcho about it. And now, considering the the pitchers brought it up, right? They're doing it to themselves now, right? They can't. They were they were using it. And I guarantee you, Bauer uses something. I don't know what he uses, but he uses something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it's interesting where it where it started, where it is now, and it's always been this. It's always it's it's always been in baseball, right? Whether it's um, Suntan lotion and rosin, whether it's right. spider tack. I right. don't know what the hell spider tack yeah, is. Yeah, pelican tack. Right, pelican, whatever yeah, yeah. it is, right? Yeah. And somebody's always used substances. I mean, and position players know this. I mean, so the other you day... You put snot on the ball, well, which is a, go, right? a quote from Major League. You know what's funny is the naked, the naked gun 33 in the third one where they go out to the mound, he's got Vaseline under his helmet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, uh, right, yeah right, Leslie right. Nielsen. That's a pretty good one, too. But like, and look, position players know who uses it, too. That's yeah. why Scherzer got checked three times the other day with the Phillies. Right. Crazy. Because they know Harper used to be with the Nationals, yeah. and he knew it. They knew that he had he uses it, so they're gonna check in three innings. And of course, Scherzer's gonna be like, oh, "I'm an idiot to use it." If, or if At I this were point. to use it, right? Right. Yeah. But I mean, look, the players put it on themselves. Then Major League Baseball now goes into this story where Major League Baseball says, "Okay, we've been hearing about it forever. Right. What should we do something about it? Could we do something about it?" Well, the answer with could is yes, because it's already in the rules, so they can do something with it. Because that's sure. a whole process too to try to get it with the players' association. Right. right. So they can do something with it, and now should they do something with it? And now there, here's all your conspiracy theories, right? They come out. Okay, baseball numbers are down. 
That's exactly okay. right. Yeah. Runs are, um, you know, are, you know, runs make baseball, right? right? So we need more runs. So yeah. what happens? Let's maybe say, okay, we, let's we put need, a penalty on this. We need Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa. There you go, Not, right? Yeah. So maybe if we change this, yeah. we'll start to get more runs rather than lowering the mound or doing other things, right? So what happens? First time Garrett Cole pitches after it, his RPMs go down by 200. Right. Now they've shown that everybody who pitches that, you know, quote unquote, was using it is going two to 300 down on their RPMs. Now, I don't know if their results are changing. I'm, like, I haven't really been paying attention too much, but it's just all interesting. So I think it's just, it's come full circle. The players bitched about it. Right. Now the players are getting crushed by it right. and MLB is to blame. I don't know. I, it's, it's like you, got, you can go so many different ways with this. You mentioned, uh, you know, that a lot of these guys are using something and, and they got away with it. How did they get away with it? Um, I, I kind of know the answer. Where did where did your teammates? I'm not going to put you on the on the spotlight. Yeah. Where did your teammates use these substances? Where were they? You know, like physically on their person. Yeah. I uh, think that's what I think most oh, of man, our listeners you, probably you don't can know. get a Venevision exactly. want. Yeah. So like, look, you can you can hide it in your glove. You can hide mm-hmm. it under your hat. Those are all the common places. Right. right. Underneath your belt. Yeah. Underneath your belt. Yeah. At yeah, the end I mean, of the day, you start to get a little trickier. The catcher has it on yeah. their shoe. Right. Yep. The first baseman has it on their glove. You're right. not going to check the first baseman, right? Right. Um, so those are always the good things. Yeah. I mean, look, people, pitchers have been doctoring baseballs forever. Time, right? Whether it's yeah. substance, yeah. whether they're putting, you know, gashes in the ball, whether yeah, right. they're scuffing it with Emory sandpaper. And, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. And I know yeah. it sounds far-fetched, but I promise you it goes on. Mm-hmm. And it went on. I saw it firsthand. Yeah. Um, and if you know how to do it, it makes a difference. There is no doubt about it. And at the end of the day, baseball's a game of inches. I mean, when you're pitching, it's a game of like centimeters. You make a yeah. ball move a Millimeters. centimeter, yeah. that's a ground out rather than a, a, a line drive in the gap. So like anywhere they can get an edge, people are going to do it. And, you know, I don't know, man. Baseball, it's, it's, a, it's a thinking man's game, I guess. You know, I'm not trying to give anybody an excuse for any yeah. of this. But it's, you know, it's, I think it's interesting. If you're, you know, a deep fan, it's interesting to hear all this stuff and to even see it, me see it live. Um, I, I used to love watching the uh, the pitchers that I worked with. Um, you know, something I never really considered would, you know, in between innings when they're when we're up the bat, they would just go over to our own bat rack and just start kind of handling the uh, our teammates' bats because all that pints are would be on the handle, and they would just kind of casually pick one up and you know and. And when you, you know, I'm not saying we ever questioned them, but their immediate response was, well, if they can use it, why can't we? Right. And there's you know? the counter argument. The counter yeah. argument is, oh, the pitcher can, is not supposed to use something? Well, then why can the batter use pine right. tar? Well, guess what? I guarantee you, they, of course, they have better grip. Yeah. They have better bat speed yeah. through the zone, all of that. So, like, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that's apples for apples there, but, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I could see a small argument for that side of it, you right. know? Um, and I, I don't know what the solution is. You know, I, I think at the end of the day, I think the rosin was the solution. Right. But that's for sure. Not. I even read the rules when it first came out. It said that MLB was going to discourage pitchers from from using uh, sunscreen at night or in yeah. domes. Right. No, and that's like, what right. came out is one of the one yeah. of the statements. Yeah. Right. And it's just like, how, how do you police that? Well, right. That's right. why I feel like the game, they've been cheating since the beginning of baseball. Um, I, I'm not sure if you guys. One of my favorite movies is uh, Eight Men Out. Um, and there's that line Classic. where he said, I mean, this is, you're talking 19 ish, 20, I forget the exact year, but they come up to him and they're like, these are going to, these are the new balls they're going to be using next year. Cause they're going to be outlawing your shine ball where they would just spit on it, yeah. rub it on their, you know, and they're like, well, you're not gonna be able to do that next year. So this is nothing new. They've been doing this since Forever. the beginning of baseball and baseball is the oldest sport that we know of. Yeah. You know, Greg, can you, can you relate to us how a sticky substance turns into higher spin rate 
and more outs and harder to hit? Yeah, so I would say, to put it into like really easy terms, like I brought in a baseball today. I wish I would have brought in another one that had um, like pine tar or something I could yeah. put on it to actually feel the difference. I'm sure you guys have felt it before, but either sure. way, um, it was a good like show and tell type thing. But anyway, <laughs> I mean, I think about it this way. I think about it, if you try to grab like an egg, like a smooth egg, like there's nothing to grip on. It's, it's like slippery, things like that. And then you grab like maybe even like a, maybe even like a, this might be a bad analogy, like a racquetball almost, but you have that rubbery substance where you can really grip with your fingertips. Yeah. So essentially the better grip you have, the more spins you can put on the basketball, the faster you can spin the ball, right? More friction. Right. Yeah. So you're going to get, you know, um, when I played, we would call it the invisible when it comes to fastballs, right? You have the, you have, you have two, two guys, they both throw 90 miles an hour or 95 Probably more 90, you know, because it's not like overpowering. And the one guy's fastball gets hit in the zone every single time he throws it, straight as an arrow. Right. The other guy does the same thing, but nobody hits it. So we call it the invisible. And like looking back, he must have just created so much more spin rising. on his ball. And it almost feels like it rises through the zone. You know, you it see it drops that. less, so it seems like there it's rising. You, exactly, right? So that's a guy like Eric Cole when he's at his best, right? Yeah. When he's throwing those fastballs and it's like, Man, that was right down the middle, but you cannot hit it. And yeah. it's 95, but somebody else is 95 and it gets crushed. So that's like the perceived velocity, things like that, that they talk about with analytics and measurables. But um, so that's number one. That and, and that's what scouts look at now because they've, they've shown that that actually proves to do well against hitters in general. You know, swing and miss rates, things like that, or... or um, it's not hard contact, but a weak contact rate, whatever it may be. But um, And then same thing with the breaking ball, right? The, the, the tighter you can spin it, the faster you can spin it, the better you break you get. And moreover, sometimes you can actually hide the spin um, of the ball because really good hitters can see spin in the right. ball, right? It's so amazing. It is yeah. Extraordinary. Yeah they're, yeah, they're freaks, right? But sometimes the tighter you swing the, spin the ball, it might not spin conventionally, but you won't be able to see that spin. So it looks like a fastball. Hitter sees fastball. Hitter swings like it's fastball, but no, no, no. It disappears low and away. You know what I mean? So it's all about deception at the end of the day. So this provides a, a higher level of deception and really, really just a, a power game. It bodes well for the power pitcher. And guess what today's game is? Power pitching, 100 miles an hour with 93 mile an hour sliders, which is ridiculous, but we see it every day on TV. Right. You know, so, um, yeah, it, it's, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a for sure um, an enhanced, you know, it's, I don't even want to say this word. It's not like it's, you know, you're doing PEDs, but right. it's almost like, you know, it's a, it's a lesser form of that. Well, that's right? how it it's comes enhancing. off when they say substance abuse, you know, right. foreign yeah. substances. Everyone's thinking it's like a chemically enhanced thing that they're taking. So I actually was going to relate it to exactly that, yeah. right? You know, and I think for a long time the argument has been, yeah, PEDs help the batter, right? Like, so so what was a pop-up that got caught somewhere near the warning tracks goes out and is, is a home run now. How does that help the pitchers? But if you think about it from this standpoint where if you're just a little bit stronger and your grip is just a little bit more, maybe there is a little more spin rate on your pitch and maybe maybe that that's the difference, right? And, and similarly, and we talked about this a little bit before we got recording, what, what seems asinine to me is that, you know, you go from the minor leagues, you got one ball, you go to the major leagues, it's a different ball. The, the seams the, on the ball are less in a major league ball or they're, uh, they're smoother than they are in a minor league ball. So, so you have players that are going, you know, one day to the next and players that it, maybe they're really good in the minors and then they try to make the jump to the majors and they just don't have this. It's just not the same no. because it's a different ball and they 
don't have the same grip and they can't generate the same friction. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, it's... I, I, we've, I've never gotten it. I've never understood it. I mean, at the end of the day, I think it just comes down to money, right? It's, right. it's, it's more economical to mass produce these minor league baseballs, which are made, I don't even know where, um, for you know a cheaper amount. There's more of them, and they're different. I mean, and, and these major league baseballs are wound a bit tighter. They feel actually smaller. They probably aren't, but I don't know. They feel smaller, but it feels like a cue ball. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when you grab these, you know, we were talking about before you know, we started recording, you know, college ball is different too, right? College has super seams. It's almost like the higher you get, the less seams you have, so the, your stuff gets worse. You know, it's like, <laughs> Makes it well, harder. Damn it! I'm not that good anyway. I just want to, you know, want to be successful. And apparently in but, Japan and Korea, it's it's a tackier ball. It's a different substance. And yeah, yeah. I actually, you know what? Now that you say that, and I don't want to, and don't quote me on this. And this might just be. I don't. I'm not making this up. But I, I think I remember somebody saying something when you go to Japan. The team, your team, provides the balls, and they can actually be different balls. Interesting. Like it's it's something. Yes, game it's something game. weird wow. like that, which wow. is like, well, of course, or it's like series, series, it's like yeah. Deflate Gate, right? It's yeah. like you bring your balls, you know, you can <laughs> deflate your balls, you can bring them. Out. So I don't know, who knows? But there's a whole other story things going over, um, in you know, there's the, the league over there. But um, so so what's interesting about this? I wish I wish you guys could understand what the difference is about like atmospheres too, right? Pitching rather than pitching in, let's just say Houston, right, yeah. or Florida, mm-hmm. and then you try to go to Colorado, Arizona. And pitch. So altitudes are different. It's sure. really dry. Right. You trying to grip a major league baseball in Arizona or Colorado is damn near impossible without using something. Wow. It feels when I say like a cue ball, it is a cue ball. It slips out of your hand. If right. you don't use something, you don't know where it's going. Right. Or your stuff is so bad. I mean, there it is right there. I Even mean, with the humidor, like isn't that wasn't that the big thing? Yeah, All right, we have the humidor in Colorado, Colorado right? Yeah, yeah, they yeah. say that we need to put some moisture in our balls. Right, right, right. Um, they were also having balls just fly out left and right. And right, still exactly. Um, but you know, it's like you know that's where that's where they say breaking balls go to die in Colorado. <laughs> yeah. You cannot throw a breaking ball. You right. might be able to throw a bit harder because there's less atmosphere to yeah. fight through. That's probably right. a little straighter. But you cannot throw a breaking ball. That's why Colorado gets these million dollar back end relievers every year. It looks like they have three or four closers. But they end up like, you know, falling back to you know their four point five ERAs, right? Yeah, and it's it is what it is. But you go and get paid, they overpay, they know what they're gonna do it, and breaking balls die. So um, Jason, what is Tyler Glasnow's particular issue with MLB? Why is he so angry with MLB and his current injury? Well, I mean he I I think what he was most frustrated about was that they kind of cracked down on this three months into the season and that all of a sudden it was, I guess, like you're going cold turkey. Uh, you need to adjust now. Um, you know, everything's going to be outlawed. And, um, you know, I was going to ask Greg if did things just get so bad in the MLB that they had to do this right now and they couldn't kind of let the season play out and then maybe enforce this rule in the offseason? Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. I think I – think I don't know the answer, right? Of course, yeah. I don't know the answer. But is there I, validity to what 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 he's saying? Yeah, I, I totally yeah. agree. I mean, yeah. I don't I don't understand. I mean, I can theorize, right? I can right. give you some sure. theories about what I think, right? So, number one, going back to my point where this is a written rule already, right? So it's a written rule. They do yeah. not need the players' association to, to negotiate agree. and yeah. to bargain about this. And 
they're are you know they're oil and water you yeah. know when they try to get and sit together at a table and try to negotiate things oh, it yeah. doesn't go well yeah they always have hidden agendas and they're always trying to build something and so now that i'm saying that maybe that's the case maybe they thought that they couldn't wait till the off season where they actually could start to negotiate with the rules on this and they said no no we have the leverage now we need to instill this major league baseball of course right. we need to instill this now since it's a written rule already right. therefore it'll give us some leverage going into the off season like well we already use it it's a rule it's yeah. in place yeah, but it's it's a bit odd, right? I mean, and you could also conspiracy theory say it, it's going to make runs go up. It's going right. to boost imagine, baseball. Yeah, they're worried about viewership. It and, might. Yeah, yeah, it, it, very, it very well might, especially with all the sports and all the popularity of different sports of of not obscure sports, but sports that weren't around necessarily when I was younger. You know, lacrosse, yeah. right. even flag football, like you know yeah. things that my kids are playing, right? Yeah. So right. it's like, well, guess what? The you know the normal old baseball play, um, fan is going out of style, right? It's the young kids who aren't watching baseball anymore. So it's like, how else are we going to do this? Well, well, you got to put runs on the board. Otherwise, right. this can be boring. Nobody's going to show up. Right. I don't know. I mean, it's an. E- I think that's the easy answer. I don't know if it's that simple. Um, I think it's like a sexy answer, right? Because it like puts it on the MLB. And it's sure. like, ah, oh, they're trying to... Yeah. It's them against Villains. the players. But like I said, the players did this to themselves. They right. brought it up more, right? And yeah. position players knew it too. So they, everybody knew. Everybody knew people that um, um, pitchers were using substances and I mean so at the end of the day I think they did it to themselves um, and they gotta they gotta handle the consequences it is what it is and they might be divided when it comes to the players but I mean I even seen Trevor Bauer now is backing up glass now for like saying it's MLB's fault like bro relax like okay <laughs> like I got it you know but you were the whistleblower in the very first place even though everybody knew it right. and now you're trying to like jump on his bandwagon so like I don't know. But, you know, what, what, it, what I think is interesting beyond that, rather they're trying to you know, boost ratings, viewership, will this lead to injuries? I don't know. Yeah, it's a great- and I think that is the bigger issue here. When you have primetime products like Tyler Glass now yeah. or even Bauer, right? right, or whoever, whoever these, whoever these, or Garrett Cole for that matter, right? I mean, those are, the, those are the figureheads on these teams. Sure. So you need to make sure that you're – you know, you're, you're protecting these guys. So I don't think, I think this is, that hurts viewership as well. Exactly. So I think this is something they weren't expecting and I'm not even sure if it's an issue, but it might be, might be, So you know, stay tuned. I mean, I would have to imagine when you're changing your mechanics, even so slightly, uh, it's going to take a long time to research and discover that changing those mechanics is not what's leading to the injuries or, or is, or is yeah, either way. But if the injuries continue, you would have to assume that change, having to change the mechanics is, is what's leading to it. And I think it makes Tyler's statement, you know, rather valid. Right. You know? Right. So, yeah, I think his argument was that, you know, before when he was using, you know, Bullfrog and, yeah. and Rosin, uh, Bullfrog being the sunscreen, um, which created like a glue that he can hold the ball kind of in his fingertips yeah. and still get that big, get as much spin as he needed to on the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and, and as soon as he wasn't able to use that, then he had to hold the ball deeper in his hand, kind of really palm the ball a little more and squeeze the ball a little more in order to get that same sort of spin. And then in that press conference, he said, you know, after the first game where I had to make this change, I was forced to make this change midseason yeah. as opposed to in between seasons where I could have slowly, slowly adjusted that that. You know, after the the first game, I noticed, man, my elbows are more sore than it than it really has yeah. ever been, and and I can I, I guess you know I can kind of understand that if you're squeezing the ball yeah. that much more, the muscles in your forearm on that side of your forearm, the the, the volar side of your forearm, where, where the the kind of grip muscles in your hand, 
are actually mostly in your forearm, mm -hmm. and they come off that same spot in your elbow, um, off the inside portion of your elbow, and it, all those muscles sort of come together to form one tendon, so to speak, aponeurosis, and the, it attaches to that point. And if you're squeezing the ball harder, you're putting more stress on that particular tendon. So yeah, sure, I can definitely see you getting more sore. But then it was the second outing, yeah. you know, two outings, two, yeah. two outings in which he wasn't, you had to change no. his grip, and all of a sudden it gets the pop. Were and they related? I guess it could be. And here's the scary thing, right? I mean, we're, we're talking about the dreaded Tommy John. Um, right. You know, we're not talking about, hey, we, we, made some, we made some rule changes and, uh, you know, suddenly some soft tissue injuries went up like a hamstring strain. As Greg alluded to earlier, I mean, you're, you're talking about an injury that's becoming more predominant, which causes somebody to miss 12 to 18 months. I mean, right. that's a significant injury to have to, you know, be like, I mean, this could be happening now because I can't use sunscreen. Right. You know, it's crazy to think about. Yeah, I mean, essentially, you're almost ending teams' chances to yeah. win a World Series, right? Potentially. I mean, think about, about the Grom goes down. I hate to say it, but, like, what happens, right? Mets are not looking Don't good. Don't put that out in the universe. <laughs> well, we already said, I mean, the race, the Waves ran from the best record in MLB. They, they lose Tyler for, you know, this couple of weeks now, and they've already slid back behind the Red Sox. Look, you, you lose your big-time top dog ace. You're hoping yeah. it wins one every five days, right? I mean, it's... It's, and it's also disheartening for the team, right? Yeah. I mean, think about that, right? Your big dog goes down. Now every fifth day, you got somebody else. Chances right. are it's going to be your sixth, seventh, eighth right. minor league guy or whatever it may be. Yeah. Right. You know, so it changes the dynamics of, of the, the, the team. So Tampa Bay's got a lot of titles. They, they don't need no, no, no. Two, three days before a start, a, a pitcher's throwing their bullpen. I mean, are they taking the sunscreen out with them? Uh, they should be. Let's put it that way. You practice yeah. like you're going to pitch. Well, that's what I was curious. Yeah. So like, when I mentioned cold turkey earlier, yeah, yeah, it's a know. great point. Right? Yeah, that's you know, I, I don't know. I guess I never yeah. went out. I never went out and watched enough bullpens to know. But yeah, I mean, let's just say things were normal, right? Yeah, you yeah. would be using whatever bullpens. You, you'd be using exactly what you do in the yeah. game. But now, if you now know that you're well, not going to be able to have yeah. it, you should prep otherwise. Right. So it could not just be the one event, right? It could be while well, you've been throwing now bullpens yeah. for sure, which is yeah. only it's still ten days, so it's still a really small sample size. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, I mean, they're going to have to adapt, no doubt yeah. about it. And uh, I still, I mean, a, a guy got thrown out last night for the first time, right? For the right. Right. For first guy, yeah. Hector something, yeah, right? Yeah. Santiago. There you Santiago, go, right? You don't yeah. remember that name, right? Yeah. the first guy. And who knows if he even had it, they just, or it was just looked like something. I mean, I still got to think you got to be an idiot to have something blaringly like just, just right there. Right you know now. I mean? well, like, all the, uh, the checks that I've seen, you know, the guy goes up and yeah, take my glove, take my hat. And I feel with, uh, yeah, yeah. with Hector, he kind of went up there and just kind of like hand and just kind of smiling. Like, yeah, I'm, a, I'm about to get caught here. Right. Like, like, I mean, every other guy, I mean, uh, Max Scherzer was disrobing on the mound, taking his belt off. Yeah. You could check anything you want. And, you know, Hector, on the other hand, uh, yeah. Well. And his last outing was great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, who knows, right? I don't, I don't know. I mean, because if you start mixing that pine – or, I'm sorry, that, um, that sunscreen and rosin together, it looks – it can look like pine tar at the yeah. same time. But, you know, so they're saying you can't use sunscreen. So, um, I don't know. I mean, there, there are, like, pictures and videos of, you know, like – Guys picking up the ball with just the palm of their hand or yeah. like a single finger. That's like, tacky. So yeah, tacky. Single, I saw two fingers, guy holding the ball. Right. Yeah. Um, oh. Just, just two fingers. Oh, it's absurd. Right. I mean, think where we came from. I don't know if you remember. This was like, I think when the Phillies were in, it was either 08 or 09. They were playing the Yankees. I can't remember the Latin pitcher was pitching big, 
big Latin pitcher. I forget his name. It wasn't Ivan Nova. But anyway, he came out of the mound or the, the inning one time. He had literally a pine tar on his – it was on his neck. Yeah, on his <laughs> It neck. was a chunk yeah. on his neck. You remember yeah. that? I yeah. forget his name. Yeah. It's going to bother me. But anyway. I, I know the exact story, though. Okay, yeah. and then they told him about it because the TV cameras talking about it, and he came out the next inning with it not on his neck. Yeah. But, like, that's how absurdly yeah. open right. it was. Yeah. Right. And now it's like we have to check guys' belts for it. Right. So it's like – Everybody knew it was going on. Yeah. And Why I are they changing it now? There's got to be a reason. It was almost, you know, when we went through this, let's say the steroid era, right? With 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 Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa and the home run race and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, that kind of saved baseball to a certain extent, right? It was really on the decline. After, uh, um, and, then all the, and then this just really brought fans back. And, and you know, MLB kind of looked the other way while all of that was happening. Everyone knew what was going on. And, but MLB looked the other way while it was happening. And, and you know, and, and honestly, for, as a physician, thank God they finally came in and cracked course, down on it, right? Like, you don't, want, you don't want the college players and the minor league players to think, I have to do steroids in order to make the majors. And then what happens is the high school players think, oh, well, I have to do steroids in order to make college and the minor. So, so you don't want that to trickle down. No. So, so it's good that they stopped it. But um, they looked the other way for quite a while while it was pretty obvious what was going on. And it seems to be a little bit of a repeat of that, where all of a sudden they've come in maybe at the wrong time and, and started this crackdown. And maybe it is putting some of these guys at, at risk for injury. I certainly think it's a good thing that they've done, right, to step in and to try to level the playing field. And that's why the rule was in place. But it's, it seems a little odd to come in and do it when they did. I'm guessing it's viewership. You know, your yeah. guess is as good as mine. Yeah. And but it is a little bit unfortunate for those players that now are at risk if they truly are at risk. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where it goes, right? Yeah. Right. Interesting to see how the rest of the season plays out. Um, it'll just be interesting, and I hope there won't be more injuries. Right. But you know, guess what? Now you've created an epidemic. You know, possibly, right? It's we'll like, see. well, guess what? UCL tear. Oh, it had to be the substance abuse, had to be. right? Right, right, and right. Who knows? Right. It's just an easy excuse now Every for time. more people to pile on, and it's always the players versus the owners. You know, and it's just that whole saga that's going to continue. So, I don't know. I think it's. I think it's an interesting topic of debate for sure, <laughs> and it's not going to stop anytime soon. Um, hopefully, there'll be less injuries or no injuries yeah, as a result of it. But it's, yeah, it's interesting. Well, Greg, uh, Dr. Frey and I can't thank you enough for coming in and joining us tonight and, you know, helping us out and giving us some insight on something that obviously he and I can't speak on directly. So, you know, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, tonight. I mean, I get to drink beers and talk baseball. So this <laughs> is great to have you on. right up my alley. Yeah, Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's going to about wrap things up for tonight. Before we go ahead and close out our tab, we want to go ahead and thank our sponsors, Reconstructive Orthopedics with eight locations covering all of your orthopedic needs. The Energy Lab located here in Pittman the region's premier sports performance destination, Neck of the Woods Brewing Company. We want to thank them for hosting us each and every week. Total Turf Experience, South Jersey's premier sports and entertainment complex. And as always, our good friends at Simba Real Productions, Joe Warner, our on-site producer, Kyle Miller, editor. Thanks a lot for joining us. Have a great night.